Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown. I am your host of the Orchid Blooms podcast. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Orchid Eye Brown. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at The Ambitious Net. I decided to take a break from my regular broadcast or regular topics that I would put on this podcast episode to present today's episode. In today's podcast episode, we will be talking about Chinese New Year. I've always heard of it every year, but I did not know anything about it. Why does every year represent an animal? What is the significance? This podcast episode gave me an excuse to look into it, and now I am sharing that information with you today. Chinese New Year's originated in the Shanghai Dynasty, which is 1600 to 1046 BC, when people held sacrificial ceremonies in honor of gods and ancestors at the beginning or the end of each year. Chinese New Year is also known as Lunar New Year or Spring Festival. It is China's most important festival. It is also the most important celebration of families and includes a week of official public holidays. Chinese New Year's have evolved over a long period of time, about 3,500 years. Its customs have undergone a long development process. The date of the Chinese New Year is determined by the lunar calendar. The holiday falls on the second new moon after the winter solace on December 21st. Each year, the new year in China falls on a different date than the regular calendar that we see today. The date usually ranges sometime between January 21st to February 20th. The Spring Festival marks a new year on the lunar calendar and represents the desire for a new life. And I can relate to that because a lot of people view the new year or every year as as something new. They're going to start fresh. They're going to make positive changes in their lives. And they're going to do things a little bit differently. And that's where the resolutions come in. And a lot of people say, okay, this year, this is my resolution. This is what I want to accomplish. This is a person that I want to be and to work towards that. And so... I understand when they say the term new life and how it represents that desire. It marks the end of winter and the beginning of spring. Even though it is winter, because it is winter for us, and tomorrow is Chinese New Year for us, um, it lasts about 15 days. Chinese New Year's origins began or begins with stories and myths. There is no way to verify if the stories and myths are true since it happened so long ago. And it's just like the Loch Ness Monster as far as I'm concerned. A lot of people believe it. And to this day, these myths and stories remain strong. Mind you, these stories and myths could be a tourism ploy, but people believe in it to their core. One of the most popular legends is about the mythical beast Nian. I hope I am pronouncing that properly. If I am not, please forgive me. This isn't my culture, but I am very much fascinated by the Chinese culture. So Nian, he ate livestock, crops, and even people on the eve of a new year. To prevent Nian from attacking people and causing destruction, people would put food at their doors for Nian. 
It is said that a wise old man figured out that Nian was scared of loud noises, which is why there are so many fireworks or firecrackers yearly. Most people love fireworks and firecrackers, so it is an added bonus for the spring festival. Nian was also scared of the color red, so people put red lanterns and red scrolls on their windows and doors to stop Nian from coming inside. Crackling bamboo was lit to scare Deanna away in replacement for fireworks or firecrackers. I remember being young in Jamaica, because yes, I've been a child before, and I used to love firecrackers. Mind you, I was not a type of person that would light it up myself. I just did not have that courage. I was a little pussycat. But most of the boys in the neighborhood would spend little monies that they would get from their parents and they would go and they buy it and I, you know, they would contact me and go, hey worker, we're gonna we're gonna set off some fire or firecrackers. And I would I would be like, of course, because I don't wanna light that and have to deal with it. And um and basically, you know, we would go into the middle of a street that was deserted at the time because there was there wasn't a lot of cars going in and out of Trenchtown. So the streets were, were normally just just not busy at all. People just walk in the street like it's a sidewalk. And um, the kids would, or the boys, would end up lighting the firecrackers and it would pop and then we'd all run away screaming, but we'd have so much fun. There was this other thing that we liked as well. It was like, um, like a piece of the firecracker in a, a white paper and you just light it up and it just popped. And I think a lot of the kids loved doing this. I forgot what it was called, but a lot of the kids would would put, you know, do pranks on their parents with it, so they'll light it and they'll just kind of throw it. And while their parents are working or they're doing tasks, they hear pop, and their parents would just kind of freak out. And it's so much fun to watch them just freak out. You know, it was our our fun thing. So when I hear the term firecrackers, I was like, even though we are not, the world is not necessarily from the Chinese culture. As children, we really appreciated firecrackers, and as children, we were amazed when we saw fireworks. So I can only imagine what the celebration is like in China during that time with these these additional things, the colors, the red. I mean, I love red. It's one of my colors. So I think that's one of the reasons that really attracted me to Chinese New Year's and just how colorful and artistic they are in what they do. So another mythical story was a demon named Su that came out to terrify children while they were asleep. It was said that the children who were touched by the demon would be too scared to cry out loud, got a terrible fever, and even became mentally unstable. To keep children safe from their from being harmed by the Sioux, parents would would light candles and stay up for the whole night. On one New Year's Eve, in an official family's household, parents gave the children eight coins to play with in order to keep them awake so as to avoid him being hurt by the demon. The child wrapped the coin in a red paper and opened the packet, rewrapping it and reopening it until he was too tired and fell asleep. Then the parents placed the packet with eight coins under his pillow. When the Sioux tried to touch his head, the eight coins emanated a strong light and scared the demon away. The eight coins turned out to be eight fairies. From then on, 
giving red envelopes became a way to keep children safe and bring good luck. So the one thing I took away from this story is the fairies. I remember doing a podcast episode in the past, I'm trying to remember right now, but I did uh, a history, it was Halloween, it was a Halloween podcast episode where I did a history of where, you know, Halloween really came from. And I remember over in Europe that, you know, especially in Ireland and certain places, they believed in fairies and how the fairies would, would come and protect and give and sometimes they're dangerous and sometimes they weren't but back in the day this is what was considered to be supernatural and so it's nice to kind of see the connections between a culture that is across the world such as ireland or scotland and china who kind of use the the same term or understanding of the the same same mystical beings as fairies so there's so many connection between humanity and humans and different cultures that are so similar and so linked that when I do, you know, podcast episodes like this and I, and, you know, I do the research, I go, hey, wow, this is the second time I've seen the term fairies, whereas, you know, you always thought it was maybe like a European thing, um, you know, an Irish or, or Scottish or or something like that, using this term to to define things that they cannot explain and creatures that either protect or harm hum- human beings. They kidnap their children or, you know, if their child is sick and you, you leave it in the forest. And I remember watching Outlander, and this is something that they touched on for Scotland, where if your child is, is sick and they would bring their, their child out into the forest and the fairies would take them. So... It's kind of nice to see that these these aspects or these concepts are somewhat linked and they're completely two different cultures. These are peoples that don't look the same. I don't really know if they've ever communicated during that time. Maybe there was trade at that time. I don't know. I didn't go that in-depth with the research to answer these questions at the moment. But the fact that the term fairies is being used in the, in the Chinese New Year's um, history and then when you go to to you know Scottish Irish or that area of Europe they use fairies in scaring away monsters and demons and it's it's the same philosophy for both so it's it's been very interesting you know learning about Chinese New Year's and and just kind of linking certain things that between so many different cultures where either they were influenced by them or they brought in products that inspired other cultures or something or another but it's quite interesting and i hope you you find that link if you have been listening to my podcast episode for some time now the third mystical story is on spring cutlets are paste and i was like okay what does that mean it is recorded that the origin of the spring cutlets can be dated back to a thousand years ago when people hung Taifu written charms on peach wood on doors. And I was like, what does that look like? So I had to Google it. And I hope I, I pronounced it properly, but it's Taifu. Or yeah, I think that's how it's pronounced. But again, I do not speak Chinese. I would love to learn one day, but just don't hold this against me. <laughs> Legend has it that there was a huge peach tree stretching 
for more than 1,500 kilometers on a mountain in the ghost world. To the northeast of the tree, two guards named Shentu and Yuli guarded the entrance for the ghost world. They would catch the ghosts who harmed people and then send them to tigers as food. Therefore, all ghosts were afraid of the two guards. It was believed that hanging a piece of peach wood with an inscription of the two guards' name on the door would scare evil things away. The Song Dynasty from 960 to 1279, people began to write two auspicious and antithetical lines on the peach wood instead of the names of the two guards later. The peach wood was represented by red paper, which symbolizes good luck and happiness. Since then, pasting spring couplets have been accustomed to welcome the new year and express best wishes. Now the date of the festival. The first day of the first month in the Chinese Lunar New Year was fixed in the Hung Dynasty which is from 202 BC to 220 AD. Current celebration activities became popular, such as burning bamboo to make a loud cracking sound. It then proceeded to the Wei and the Jin dynasty from 220 to 420 AD. Apart from worshiping gods and ancestors, people began to entertain themselves. The customs of a family getting together to clean their their houses, having a dinner, and staying up late on New Year's Eve originated amongst common people. The more I look into the Chinese culture, the more I seem to find so many traditions that they do or certain families did. I think I was watching a show called Bones on Disney+. Plus and they dedicated an episode to um, people who you know, lost their sons or daughters at a young age would then bury their daughter's bones with a, a son from a different family's bones and, and they would have this ritual where they would go and they would leave money or they would leave certain things for them to take in the afterlife and at the point at, at that time i was thinking that doesn't really make any sense because if you're dead like you can't take any of that stuff with you but i think it's a symbolism of it and it was based on their own research that the show did this and decided to dedicate this podcast this not podcast but this episode on and i i was like people really do that like they don't actually know each other i don't think that in in the afterlife these people are going to be joined together just because you you buried their bones together but who knows and um and i thought whoa <laughs> like this is based on the chinese culture and so the i don't know i feel like it's going to take me a full year to do research on the Chinese culture and all of the traditions and things that they do that that are so meaningful to them that created um, a whole a whole tradition within their culture and so just reading about this and how serious this culture really takes certain things it's it's wow I that's all I can say about it is wow and so I think in that episode that I watched 
um, I think a son who was like under 25 had died and what they had done was they had like mail order brides that that a family or somebody would pay money to an agency to get a bride from China and if that relationship didn't work out you know I guess the guy would cast her off but before she could leave the country to go back to her country someone would kill her and when they killed her they would then sell the bones to the family and or to a family that is trying to find a young female who looks a certain way who has certain types of credentials and they would they would take the bones and they would bury it with their son's bones and they would add all these symbolism of what they want to send them into the afterlife with and then they buried them and i thought is this real <laughs> like there's no way you're going to dedicate an entire show to something that isn't factually true like please tell me you didn't make this up so if that episode is true which i should do some research on it because that's crazy and this was happening in the united states i was like that is crazy but there's so many traditions so many traditions within just the, the chinese culture that that you would need to dedicate an entire series of podcast episodes to just to go into them so doing doing this podcast episode in the chinese new years and you know watching certain shows shows that are american shows that might be canadian um shows that are from different parts of the world that kind of take little bits and pieces of the chinese culture and they'll add it to it i think i think the last movie that i saw that was not that was not um Chinese or produced by the Asian culture themselves was Fantastic Beasts and they had this specific beast uh, in I think it was uh, the second movie uh, from a a circus Um, the main character went there trying to find a girl that he's in love with and he happened upon the circus and so or something to do with that I don't even remember the movie and he met this 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 dragon or it's not really a dragon it looks like a cat with like a super long tail and it's so elaborate that it's clear that it kind of came from the chinese new year's um myths that they created but in a mystical magical world it would exist and so this creature was captured and was being used in the circus by these magical beings to entertain people so they can make money he ended up freeing this beast of course but i thought it was just funny seeing that in there that they kind of brought in you know this beast from a culture that is not european it's it's not english because again the writer of fantastic beast is jk rowling and they paid for this concept from her so to see how the chinese culture has really you know filled a lot of shows and a lot of movies and provided so much inspiration in in all of these aspects just kind of show you what type of influence the chinese culture really do have in the world all over the world it doesn't matter what you look like where you're from where you were born you are fascinated when you see these creatures and these traditions in certain movies when they just touch on it just to touch on it they don't even give you the history they just touch on it and you're just mesmerized and drawn in it seems from what i am learning from the chinese new year is that powerful families and dynasties contribute to the creation 
of traditions that are passed down through generations. They create their legacy by doing this. Their names will forever be remembered due to these traditions. Setting off firecrackers, visiting relatives and friends, and eating dumplings became important part of the celebration. And I remember watching Crazy Rich Asians and the character that was, you know, born in America, where her mom was um, a descendant, or she she's a migrant from a, an Asian culture or country. She she was making dumplings at this man's house, this man that she loves, whose family lives in Singapore and who has dealt with a lot, but they are very successful. And so to kind of see in, in Crazy Rich Asians that, you know, there's a tradition of making dumplings with the family and friends um, together, it's 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 nice. And to see that it's really is connected to, you know, the Spring Festival in some way and you know families really take this to to take it as as something very important to their culture and important to them it's nice sorry i stuttered there more entertaining activities arose such as watching dragons and lion dance dances during the temple fair and enjoying lantern shows which I've seen just little glimpses of that in certain movies and or maybe a TV show and I think it's more mostly movies but I loved it it made me want to go to China to experience Chinese New Year's because of this the function of this spring festival changed from a religious one to an entertaining and social one more like that of today in 1912 the government decided to abolish Chinese New Year's and the lunar calendar it adapted the january 1st the official start of the new year after 1949 chinese new year's was renamed the spring festival it was listed as a nationwide public holiday many traditions activities are disappearing but new traditions have been generated such as spring festival gala online shopping which again sounds like boxing day WeChat, red envelopes, and overseas travel make Chinese New Year more interesting and colorful. This is happening in current times. Honestly, I quite dislike to hear this. It just doesn't sit well with me because the way it was in the past when it comes to Chinese New Year's is what really drew me in based on what they're listing now as as how they celebrate chinese new year's does not please me and it would not make me want to visit china to experience chinese new year's if this is what they're really doing after doing the research i would love to see and experience these traditional chinese new year's but if it has changed then i i missed out i recall seeing glimpse of the traditions in anime that's something that me and my brothers are into we i mean i haven't watched anime in a while <laughs> i mean netflix right now just came out with one piece and i was like yes one piece and i don't know if it's finished yet but i used to read the actual comics online like i'd have to go find these damn websites and actually sit there and read it and i would stay up all night long trying to catch up and with one piece there's so much detail to the anime that you you just you'd by the time the morning hits and you have to go to work you're drained like i love one piece and so you know my brother loved naruto 
and I loved Bleach. We all loved Bleach together. I think my brother was into like Final Fantasy at some point, and because I couldn't play Final Fantasy because it's, it's it kind of reminds me of Lord of the Rings with the amount of dialogue that's in a video game. I was like, I can't. So I just let my brother play it, and I just watch him play the video game like it's a movie. <laughs> that's literally what I did. But I do love anime, and it started with Dragon Ball Z. So I saw some of it in Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, and Bleach. Like Bleach, I found they just kind of brought in ghosts. Um, and, you know, the character in Bleach, um, the main character, he could see the ghosts because of his spiritual energy. So it, it was the way that Bleach was written was well done. And so it just kind of showed little timbits of traditions from the Chinese New Year's in some of the episodes. So we grew up seeing glimpses of this as children in Jamaica. And we come to, me and my little brother came to Canada, my brother went to Florida, and he was still addicted to anime. We were still addicted to anime. I mean, now that life is saying you need to work, work, work just to live, we've had to maybe cut back on anime, but we lived for it. We really did. I can honestly tell you that I thought it was a part of the program because keep in mind, when you're young, like you don't really think that what you're seeing in these anime programs is really real because it's an anime. I did not know it was based on real traditions. So only coming to Canada did I realize it was real because my mom came up to me and she said, oh, it's uh, Chinese New Year's. Happy Chinese New Year's. It's the year of the tiger. And I was like, huh, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, you should read up on on tigers uh, for the Chinese New Year's. And I was like, no, no, thank you. Like, I didn't really care at the time. But now that I'm actually doing the research, I was like, wait a minute, like majority of the anime that I have watched, they've touched on this and it's real holy shit <laughs> i thought new year's was celebrated worldwide on january 1st and so it sounds like the government had decided at some point that maybe they should change it to january 1st and they had officially done that but based on the way that things are going right now in the world it seems that they decided to change it back to the lunar calendar and a lot of people are celebrating it based on the lunar calendar so i'm glad they made the decision to go back to the old ways of doing it rather than having it on january 1st the animals threw me off as well i did not understand it at all and majority of the the anime that i did watch they didn't really touch on the animals they just kind of touched on the celebration like the dancing dragons and you know the fireworks and stuff like that but i don't recall based on my memory as a child growing up or maybe you know when i was a teenager and i was addicted i mean addicted to anime after I finished high school, I went to the comic book shop that was right beside it. And I would spend hours just standing there, not sitting, because they didn't give you chairs. And I would stand there just reading these books. And there's so many animes that I've read that I don't actually remember the names of because it was in Japanese. And so I, if you ask me, you know, other than the popular ones like uh, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, or Bleach, or One Piece, can you remember anything any other Japanese enemies that you read, I can't tell you. 
I really can't. I think I even started watching Inuyasha. And did I read Inuyasha? There's another one, too, that I really loved that to this day I can't remember the name. And I wish I could remember the name because I would love to read the anime for that as well. And I think it turned into an actual TV show and I wish I could remember it so I could just literally go on the internet and Google it and find out where it's being streamed with like English dub and actually watch it again because I loved it. So what is the significance of the animals? So I looked it up. These animals are 12 Chinese zodiac signs. The order listed are rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. Each sign is named after an animal and each animal has its own unique characteristics. I went to look up what animal associates with my birthday the site said and keep in mind what i did was i just went on google and said chinese new year um animal like my chinese new year's animal for example so my birthday on chinese lunar calendar is january 12th and my chinese zodiac is tiger and i remember my mom was saying this to me so i was like damn my mom actually went out of her way to find out what animal i was like back in the day and i was like what when she told me this like okay it's your year and i was like all right no problem i just ignored her now that i know what my sign is tiger and my mom did tell me let's go through all the animals like and talk about them because again i'm i'm learning about this so this year is the year of the rabbit and i was laughing because i was messaging my friend nadia who's half chinese um about doing this podcast episode on, on the chinese new year's and i was like oh i found i learned that i was a tiger and i mean they do have a calculations and i'm not going to really tell you now because i'm not really interested in doing calculations i just want to find a site punch in my actual birth date and have it tell me who the hell i am i just i'm not going to sit down doing a damn calculations and so she was like oh i'm the rabbit i'm like happy chinese new year <laughs> this year is your year you're the rabbit and she's like, ah, oh, thank you. You know, she's so cute. I love her to death. Like she's, she, she is like my favorite and most beloved Asian friend ever. And I do have multiple Asian friends, but she is my favorite. There's just something about her. The moment I met her, I automatically knew that this woman had to be my friend. And she looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm not that special. And I said, that's why, because you don't see what I see. I just know that I want you to be my friend for life. And so I remember even talking to a, a friend on, on WhatsApp and she was saying to me that, you know, cause I sent her a, a video of the women who played in this Netflix show, something Jackie, Jackie and something, or was it something, I don't remember. But it was an hilarious show about older women, you know, finding friendship when their husbands turned out to be gay or they were having a gay relationship. I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. It's a very popular Netflix show. And there was an interview where the main one of the main characters basically said that, you know, as you get older, you have to start choosing relationships intentionally. You look at a person and go, you know what, I really like you. And you have to intentionally pursue them to to get that friendship because as you grow older, you're not necessarily looking for more friends. You're not necessarily you're, you're so used to being secluded and being by yourself. You're so comfortable with it. So she had to actively get out of that mindset and actively pursue a friend. And so her my friend Lisa and I were talking about it. 
And she was like, thank you for sending this video because this is something that I've been really thinking about. She's, you know, close to being 40 years old. And she was like, I just find that I really need to work on particular friendships and things like that. And so when she was telling me this, I was like, you know, I'm very comfortable just being alone. And she's like, that's the problem. How are you supposed to have lasting friendships with people if you don't actually feel the need or feel the want to to go out there and intentionally meet people and intentionally build lasting friendships? But Nadia, she is that girl. Like, I met her years ago and I was like, no, you're going to be my life forever. Just like that. So happy Chinese New Year's to my rabbit. Nadia and I wish you the utmost blessing and prosperity in 2023. So let's start with the characteristics of rat. They are charming, innovative, intelligent, forthright, inquisitive, and intrusive, but always in a disarmingly honest way. Excel in business, alert to opportunities, Easy to get along with, hardworking, and thrifty. Generous to those they are fond of. Can be easily agitated but maintain self-control. Gain many friends. Bright, fun, loving, social. Occasionally critical and grouchy. <laughs> I haven't heard that term in a while. Uh, female rats can be especially frugal but usually not with their own children, overambitious at times. All right, so if you are a rat, now you kind of know the characteristics. I don't know if you associate with majority of the things that's being said, but when we get to the term of tiger, I'll let you know how I feel about it. The characteristics of an ox symbolizes the attainment of prosperity through fortitude and hard work. Dependable, calm, methodical, patient, and tireless worker sticks to routine and conventions generally fair-minded and good listeners but difficult to change their mind with affairs to the heart the ox can be naive not fully comprehending the entrapment of love doesn't or don't accept poetry and romanticism they will be inclined to long courtship charitable by nature backbone and society may hold grudges for a long period of time you know me and this person we sound we sound quite similar i'll hold a grudge i'll hold a grudge knows how to give orders as well as take them so if you are an ox then that is the characteristics that this animal is portraying in the Chinese zodiac. And if you go online and you check and you find out that you are an ox, let me know in the comment section on the Instagram page um, if this is really you. So characteristics of tiger. Ooh, that's me. Let's see how accurate it is. So symbolizes power, passion, and daring a rebellious colorful and unpredictable character commanding awe and respect from all quarters or corners impulsive and vicarious restless and reckless loves being the center of attention i don't know about that but i do get a lot of attention has humanitarian instincts loves babies <laughs> endangered species whatever the current 
um, object of adulation is, everything else will take a second place. The tiger can be aspiring and adventurous, trusting their own luck and charisma to see them through times and eventually bringing success. Female tigers are fashion conscious, articulate, and liberated. May have large egos, but romantic at heart. While the ego part, I 100% agree with. And that sometimes, and I, I don't think I've ever admitted this. I don't know if I've, if I've ever admitted this in any other episodes. Sometimes when I find that my ego is a little too big, I tend to try to humble myself by saying, girl, you're cute, but you ain't shit. And so then I would go to bed after saying that to myself and I wake up in the morning and of course the eagle will rear its ugly head and whatever happened the night before, before bed, of course, just, just getting eliminated. <laughs> so it's it's definitely accurate in, in what it says about me um, for tiger. So if you're a tiger, you and I got problems, girl, guy, whoever. Um, the next one is a characteristics of a rabbit. Um, considers very fortunate, serves as a symbol of longevity, said to, to derive its essence from the moon. Oh, that is so cool. I actually love the moon. Of course, I had to love Nadia because she is the moon. Soul of generousness, which she is. Good manners, which she does have. Sound counsel, she does think before she speaks kindness and sensitivity to beauty no idea what that means soft-spoken graceful and elegant she is that girl <laughs> look at me just checking off the box for my friend nadia naturally reserved artistic and likely to possess good judgment she really does she really does have good judgment lucky in business that's true um, and will shine in fields of law, government, and research. She does work for the government, and she is shining bright like a diamond. Can be cunning and even ruthless. This part, I have not met that side of her, but I cannot wait to see. I just hope I am not the person that she is directing that ruthlessness at, but I cannot wait to say. Suave and self-indulgent. Strong-willed and self-assured. Pursuing objectives with methodical precisions. Miss Rabbit, aka Nadia, is delightful and her company is highly sought after. But when she feels she has had enough, will drop whatever she is doing to rest. This is my girl. This is her. I, she's going to listen to this podcast episode and she's going to laugh. So we found i have a rabbit the tiger has a rabbit and this rabbit i will never let go of because i'm a tiger and i like to cuddle and i'm gonna grab her and i'm gonna give her a hug and i'm gonna like cuddle her and whenever she's screaming and she's like let me go i'm gonna keep licking her until she finally goes okay fine <laughs> i'll let you finish licking so i can run away into my hole and hide for six months and that's exactly what she does so i love you to death nadia so the next animal on the list is going to be characteristics of the dragon and honestly i was kind of hoping i was a dragon because i feel like i do breathe fire but it turns out god decided to make me a tiger okay so i feel like you know in the future 
if when I do upgrade to like a, a nice house, I'm going to have a lot of tigers all over my my place, like art wise, I mean, to represent my Chinese zodiac. So dragon, they are magnanimous and full of vitality and strength, consistently on the go, egotistical and eccentric, dogmatic, whimsical, and demanding, but never without and band of admirers. Hmm. Okay. A band of admirers. Okay. Dragon children tends to assume the burdens and responsibility of a family. Energetic and eager with the potential to accomplish great things. But if not careful to contain enthusiasm can burn up like or in smoke powerful and difficult to oppose prosperous but prone to megalomania and intimidation despite his ways is loyal to friends and family don't expect a dragon to be overly sentimental or romantic a super positive person it is said that dragons born during a storm will lead a temperous and hazardous life while those born during calm seas and heavens will live a more protected and amiable life now let's get into the characteristics of a snake a snake is a sixth sign of the lunar calendar they are philosophers theological political wizard willy fanciers the snake is the deepest thinker and the enigma empowered with a personal wisdom graceful soft-spoken will gravitate naturally towards the finer things in life very beautiful generally relies on their own judgment not work well with others trusting their own instincts rather than outside advice by nature is skeptical but will keep his suspicions to himself or her one of the most tenacious tenacious signs never stops plotting and can be viciously unrelenting can be possessive and demanding in relationships snake women are the original femme fatale if she doesn't have money and power she will marry into it and won't agonize over women's rights she will be her husband's best asset okay femme fatale the seventh sign is horse their characteristics are cheerful popular quick-witted although can be hot-tempered and headstrong at times the unpredictable horse can fall in and out of love easily warmly appealing have a love of sports outdoor activities and animals natives of this sign can often called playboys or playgirls <laughs> fuck boys and fuck girls but is just a skillful in business as in love can be impulsive and stubborn known for an explosive nature the intelligent horse is performance and success oriented quick to build up speed and quick to lose interest the lady horse is full of spunk whatever that would look like <laughs> <laughs> but they sound fun. I don't know if I date them, but they sound fun. The eighth sign is goat. 
in the lunar calendar. They are, characteristics-wise, the Samaritan, righteous, sincere, easily taken by sob stories. That's really sad. Well-mannered, even shy, gentle, and compassionate. At his best is artistic, fashionable, and creative. Worse is easily overcome by emotions, depressed, and withdrawn. Dislike or dislikes strict schedules and too much discipline and criticism. Amped to mothers and or smother its object of affection. Generous and contained fantastic luck and fortune. The goat is a warrior and tend to be a pessimistic and expect others to cheer him up. Man, this person sounds like work. Knack for turning weakness weaknesses into strengths would rather follow others than make decisions may be criticized for not taking a firm stand when trying to avoid conflicts okay the ninth sign in the lunar calendar is monkey signs of the inventor motivator improviser a charlatan capable of drawing someone to him with guild and charm quick-witted genius clever flexible and innovative can solve intricate problems with ease and is a fast learner no challenge is too great may have an inborn superiority complex oh my god with a low level of respect for others or rather too high level of respect for themselves it's not considered an ego i'm gonna have to look into that for that podcast episode very suitable with the ability to get you on his side never lack confidence no matter how docile they appear not completely selfish though (laughs) okay all right let's let's continue that was a good laugh that was a good laugh more like a child with a delightful preoccupation in himself okay so selfish when taking when when talking to a monkey be factual (laughs) some of these signs are characters i love it So the 10th sign of the lunar calendar is a rooster, the dauntless hero who must look to the earth to survive. He is the most misunderstood and eccentric of all the signs. The epitome of self-assurance and aggression, but at heart can be conservative and old-fashioned. Typically two rooster types, okay, um the rapid firing extremely talkative type and the deadly sober observance or observer both equally hard to deal with acute neat meticulous organized oh my god this sounds like someone i know (laughs) decisive upright direct and alert outstanding performer that shines when they are the center of attention could well pursue any career putting them in the public eye all right (laughs) i hope you are having as much fun as i am going through these signs and reading their characteristics because i am having a blast so the 11th sign on the lunar calendar calendar is dog which is very likable characteristics 
honest, intelligent, straightforward, deep sense of loyalty, and passion for justice and fair play, animated and attractive, amiable and unpretentious, can get along with others and is not too demanding, at times will protect the interests of others more than himself, anger can come in blight flashes, but will die quickly too. It will always be justifiable though. Dog was born with his defenses up. You will have to gain their confidence slowly. Will work hard when they want to. Otherwise has a certain lie by the fire laziness. Can be, you know what? The lie by the fire is not a problem. It's not a problem. Have you ever just sat there, and especially when it's super cold outside, and you let the fireplace go and you just lay there and you're just uh, just so comforted and just you feel so warm and loved by the fire that's not burning you. I understand that laziness. I deserve that laziness because I'm a hard worker. But anywho, let's continue. Can be practical, fearless, and the owner of a sharp tongue, unrealistic and outspoken. Okay dog okay i'm a cat person but okay dog now the 12th and final sign is boar the sign of honesty simplicity and great fortitude gallant sturdy and courageous will apply themselves to task with all their strength may appear rough on the outside but beyond the surface is different a natural person the original nice guy, I don't know if I trust nice guys, popular, sought after, seeks universal harmony, will have fight, but will not hold grudges. Okay, this person's a really good person. Equally known for his wanton pursuit of pleasures. So what is he saying? Are you saying he's a hoe? I don't know. When I hear wanton, I hear hoe. Never mind. Let's continue. Sometimes the saint and sinner can be intertwined loyal and thoughtful will make lasting and beneficial relationship the boar will grow on you you cannot do without him will welcome a friend and their troubles with open arms i mean the boar sounds like a great person but i mean it's the wanton that's throwing me off i was like oh wanton pursuit of pleasures oh oh he's a hoe but he's a good hoe okay okay but you know i could be wrong maybe wonton means something else one day i'll look into it so that concludes the description of all 12 zodiac animals each chinese zodiac animal has personality traits assigned to it by the ancient chinese chinese people believe these traits will be embodied in people according to their zodiac sign the story behind the zodiac animals began a long, long time ago when there was no Chinese zodiacs. The Jade Emperor wanted to select 12 animals to be his guards. He sent an immortal being into man's world to spread the message that the earliest to arrive at the heavenly gate is the better the rank one would have, okay? Okay, let's continue. The next day, the animals sent off towards the heavenly gate. Rat got up very early. On his way to the gate, he encountered a river. He had to stop there, owning to the swift current. After waiting a long time, Rat noticed 
an ox about to cross the river and swiftly jumped onto the ox's ears. You know what's funny? I have seen this in cartoons. I just don't remember which one because I was a child when I saw this. The diligent ox did not mind at all and simply continued. After crossing the river, he raced towards the palace of the Jade Emperor. Suddenly, Rat jumped out of the ox's ear and dash to the feet of the emperor. Rat won first place and ox was second. Tiger and rabbit came third, fourth, because both are fast and competitive, but tiger was faster. Rabbit got across the river by hopping on steps, stepping stones and a floating log. Good looking dragon was fifth, and was immediately immediately noticed by the Jade Emperor, who said Dragon's son could be sixth, but Dragon's son did not come with him that day. Just then, Snake came forward and said Dragon was his adopted father, so Snake ranked sixth. <laughs> Horse and goat arrived. They were very kind and modest, and each let the other go first. The Jade Emperor said how polite they were and ranked them 7th and 8th. Monkey had fallen well behind and he jumped between trees and stones and caught up to the ninth. Last were Rooster Dog and Pig. The 12 animals became guards of the heavenly gates. Well, now that I've broken down a few things, I can honestly say that I truly enjoyed this podcast episode. So I hope that you take this moment in time because tomorrow is Chinese New Year's. Find out what your Chinese zodiac animal is and let me know on Twitter. I'll be posting up a question, so definitely go on there and let me know what your zodiac animal is. And I hope you enjoy the day. I know we're not going to have any firecrackers or fireworks and dancing dragons and animals and stuff like that, but still this podcast episode was quite interesting and I feel like I had a blast like I was going to a party. It's great. So thank you for supporting the Orchid Blooms podcast. Visit our website at taonetwork.ca and our social media pages at Facebook, The Ambitious Obsession Network, Instagram at The Ambitious Net, Twitter at The Ambitious Ops. My personal Instagram page, as I mentioned earlier, is at Orchid Eye Brown, as well as Twitter. Don't forget to click the follow and subscribe button. Share your favorite podcast episode with your family and your friends. And I really do hope you have a splendid day and happy Chinese New Year's to all. The year of the rabbit is here.